Hey, this is Megan Rapino, and I'm Sue Bird. We've decided to turn our crazy IG live show into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Enjoy the show. A Touch More. New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Blue Wire. Three on the way! Yes! Paul George nails it! For the win! Welcome back to Dunks and Discourse, episode 17. We are going to do a little bit, uh, a, a different show today. And, uh, you know, some important things are happening in the world. Obviously, you all know I'm in Canada, Jabari's in America. You know, sports and movies are going to have to take a pause because like we talked about last week, there are things that we want to talk about on this podcast and we have the freedom to do that. And uh, I, I think it's time that, you know, Jabari wants to, needs to have a conversation and, and I want to get out of the way. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm a white Canadian. I don't live in America. I'm not living through it. I just want to provide, uh, you know, an opening for Jabari to do his thing and have a conversation that I'm not capable of having. You know, so with that said, he's brought in special guest Damien Barling. Damien, thanks for hopping on with us, brother. Oh, happy to be here, man. Thank you, guys. And uh, I, I'm going to turn it. I'm going to turn it to Jabari. And, and Jabari, this is your ship today, man. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. No, honestly, I really do appreciate Josh for not only recognizing this situation, you know, like in the times that everybody's going through, but, you know, honestly, I was fully prepared and I and I mentioned this to Josh in the, in the advance. I was fully prepared to address it, sort of like choke back the pain and bewilderment that a lot of us are currently experiencing, you know, and just get through another show. But he actually came to me and acknowledged that this needed to be the focus of an entire episode. So, like, I, again, I really do appreciate it. And, you know, as he mentioned you know, we started this show specifically to, you know, to be able to discuss these types of things or just, you know, things in general without limitations, regardless of how difficult a topic might be. Uh, so, you know, with everything that's going on in the United States right now and, and, and actually, you know, we, we were seeing uh, protests and, and uh, marches and things of that nature all across the world. It was important. So. With Damien in particular, Damien, again, I, I, I do, we really do appreciate your time. I just want to give a little bit of background, you know, like on him. Uh, in particular, I go back with him from a sports, you know, perspective because Damien, you know, he hosts, you know, he's hosted, you know, radio shows, you know, several different podcasts. But in particular, I want to, you know, lead in by mentioning the podcast with Damien Barling because it specifically addresses issues like socioeconomic disparity and injustice and things of this nature. So that's why we had to have you on here today. Oh, I appreciate it, man. You know, I'm always uh, down to talk with you. Definitely a, a, a different dynamic than what we used to talk about. It's, it seems like it's been ages since we've got to talk about basketball and on the court stuff, man. Yeah, no. And, and of course, there will be time for that. And, you know, and, and with the next episode, you know, we will transition back into that, of course, acknowledging anything else that takes place. But yeah, you know, like, uh, you know, I, I want to you know, start off by acknowledging, you know, all of this, you know, all this conversation comes with a really heavy heart, you know, so we do, you know, in advance appreciate Anybody that's you know, you know takes the time to listen or share or you know uh, you know respond to it you know via social media or anything of that nature. So let me just start off. What is your reaction to all of this? Um, I, I you know I think it's a lot like like everybody else's. Uh, it's just a combination of you know feelings and emotions, and you know it ranges from you know anger uh, to sadness to hopelessness and helplessness. You know what I mean? Like I. Mm-hmm. It, you know, frustration plays a factor too. Um, 
you know, social media is a it's a dangerous place. It's a, it's it could be a beautiful place at times. It could be a dangerous place uh, at other times. And you know, you 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 wind up falling down these rabbit holes. And you know, social media has given people an opportunity to kind of pull back the veil on on how they really feel. And it's a funny thing, you know, when you we often have reactions to something like we have, you know, an immediate gut reaction. And now because of the advent of social media, we have the ability, whether good or bad, to share our immediate reaction to something in real time. And oftentimes our immediate reaction isn't you know, thought out. It is yeah. just our gut instinct. And it's the first thing that comes to mind. And I think a lot of times. Your first reaction is really, truly how you feel. Now, whether you always share your first reaction or not is an entirely different story, but I think it's generally how you feel. And to see how many people, you know, to see what their gut reaction is to what's going on across the country, it lets you know, like, yeah, you know, racism is, is still very much a thing. And no matter how many times people try to tell you they don't see color, no matter how many times people try to tell you they don't see race, if you look around and you see what's going on and you know, Oakland and Sacramento and you see what's going on in San Francisco and you see what's going on in Philadelphia and D.C. and, you know, cities all across the country and you can't empathize with it. You know what I mean? If you really can't, if you if you can't put yourself in that position and, and I, I'm not saying you condone burning buildings and I'm not saying you condone looting, but that's what people do when they feel helpless and they feel hopeless. And when you look back at you know, it was Jabari, it wasn't that long ago we went through this. Like Ferguson wasn't that long ago. It's not like Ferguson was another lifetime ago. You could bring up Los Angeles. You could bring up Rodney King to a certain, you know, group of people that we talk to, you know, daily because of our connection to sports. They're not gonna be that familiar with it. But you go back to Ferguson, man, that was just a couple of years ago. And, you know, we keep going through this over and over and over again. And because we keep going through this that feeling of hopelessness and helplessness just grows greater and greater each time. It really does. And, and, you know, I'm glad you brought up the Rodney King situation. I was 13 years old when I was going through that in Los Angeles. And I, you know, I, I can't at that time in life, while of course I had no idea, you had no idea you know, what, what was to come or, you know, if anything would ever change, I, I can tell you, I didn't anticipate being, you know, a 41 year old man and still seeing this same stuff. Yeah. You know, Ferguson, like you just mentioned, was it five, six years ago? You know, all of a sudden when we started, you know, when everybody started, you know, having a camera phone and started documenting stuff, you know, there were a lot of folks saying like, oh, okay, well, now we're going to get some change because all of a sudden, you know, there's actual receipts. I'm happy that you're not happy. Well, I appreciate that you that you labeled it as feeling helpless and hopeless because that's what it is. That's what this reaction is. You know, when you see this sort of visceral, you know, reaction, it's not a matter of folks just trying to look for an opportunity to loot. Well, yes, there's always going to be that element. These are these are people that have been in pain for years. These are people that have not had any sort of actual voice or any you know, or, or any assistance, you know, like uh, when things of this nature take place for years. And the entire notion, and actually, I'm gonna you know you bring it to the you know, to my next point. The entire notion of like oh you know because you see people across social media saying oh well, this isn't how it's done. This is you know like you know why can't you just you know protest peacefully? I didn't just, want that either. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. Th- th- you, you had a problem with that. that too. And, and the thing of it is, is if 
the looting and, and, and property destruction bothers you more than watching an American citizen, doesn't matter whether he's an American citizen, a human being handcuffed, pleading with officers to stop applying pressure to his neck and other body parts, literally suffocating to death on camera for nine minutes, crying out, begging, begging for, calling for his mother. If that, if, if the looting and stuff bothers you more than seeing that, then I don't really, I really don't know what to tell you. Well, and you know what that is also, Jabari, is that's people, you know, lumping things together. Uh, that's mm -hmm. you're 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 lumping rioters together with protesters, and I'm going to give you a surefire way to differentiate the two. Protesters, they don't have phones in their hand. Mm -hmm. This isn't a photo op for protesters. They're out there trying to make a difference. They're out there trying to get people's attention. Rioters. They're looking for a photo op. They're looking to make a TikTok video. They're looking to show everybody like, hey, I was a part of this in, you know, 2020. Look at this, man. The world is wild. We had this pandemic going on. We was out tearing up the streets. Yep. Protesters aren't walking around with phones in their hand, man. They're trying to get a point across. Rioters are the ones who are, you know, out there, you know, acting a fool and, you know, do, you know, whether they're, you know, they're looting stores or they're running around with their phones trying to pose, you know, they're, they're grandstanding. They're basically co-opting a movement. To grandstand and this isn't it's not new like even you know even within the nfl we saw people co-opting the mm -hmm. you know colin kaepernick's movement and man i just can't i i cannot decide how i feel about malcolm jenkins but he is the one who mm -hmm. most regularly comes to mind and i don't want to undermine what malcolm jenkins does because he does a lot of good but you could talk to a, a, a enough people who will tell you he co-opt you know colin kaepernick's movement for a financial benefit whether it's for the players coalition however real that may be or if he was just kind of you know playing the side piece for the league and that whole thing but that happens with every movement someone co-ops it and tries to take it and make it their own and that's what some of those clowns out there are doing right now and instead of protesting they're yeah. rioting yeah, if, if you're looking to clout chase at a time like this i'll be honest with you i don't have any i don't have any any use for you yeah. Like, you know, whether you're whether you're honestly, whether you're out in the streets doing it or on the timeline doing it or wherever, if you're looking to clout chase as a result of this, I don't have I don't have the patience for you. Look, I mean, I made a similar point to friends and family on Facebook, but change isn't comfortable. It's a it's a painful. It's an ugly process. It doesn't come from simply asking or praying or, you know, keeping positive vibes about all this stuff. And I'm not. I'm not, you know, uh, you know, trying to be disrespectful for the folks that do think that that, you know, that that, uh, you know, can help. You know, it's all it's completely fine if you want to do those things. But clearly action, action is what is needed beyond, you know, just like some soothing words. So, you know, I, I don't say that, you know, you know, to, you know to, to call for any violence, you know, mainly I'll be honest with you, mainly because I don't want to see any more of my people getting hurt or anyone you know, yeah. getting hurt. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, you know, this idea that pro you know, of what protests, sh quote unquote, should look like is always mysteriously aimed at minorities when things are uncomfortable for dominant society. Yeah, it, it and it you know it it's always you said you said change is uncomfortable and and I think that that applies to all walks of life. But think about this for a minute. You know, believe it or not, despite the fact you you haven't seen it on the you know lead story, whether on CNN or whatever your preferred news channel is or whatever is on your timeline, we're still in the middle of a pandemic here. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like we we still got some pretty serious issues going on, and because of that. We've experienced change, right? Like our work life is different. Yeah. And a lot of people are, you know, they're working from home, they're working remotely. And that could be a change that a number of companies are implementing permanently. 
but we we put ourselves we were forced to put ourselves in a position where it's uncomfortable, right? We were put we were forced to put ourselves in a position that's new and it's different and we've got to work from home. And we've got the wife or the husband walking around and we've got the kids needing stuff and meanwhile we're in our little makeshift office trying to work. But we got through that initial level of uncomfortableness for where companies are like, you know, we could probably reduce some overhead, whether it's our office size or uh, the amount of computers we have, and we could allow people to start working full time for us remotely. But we got through that initial period of, of uncomfortable change. Mm-hmm. Civil rights seems to be the one walk of life <laughs> where people refuse to go through that uncomfortable stage of change. You have people who take steps. Dr. King. Dr. King is the most romanticized figure oh. next to Muhammad Ali, perhaps, in history. Don't ever let anybody, like, twist what Dr. King was. He was hated. The FBI has wanted him dead. That was there, There's documented proof of the FBI telling him, take your own life because we're going to destroy it. Yeah. But now he's romanticized as this. Oh, and you see his face all over social media today where it's like Dr. King never did this and Dr. Jesus King never Christ. did that. And ultimately, what did it get Dr. King? Nothing. There was a fear that Dr. King and Malcolm Jenkins, uh, uh, Malcolm X, their two lines of thinking might align. And then what would that mean? Well, we've got to get rid of one of them. And then ultimately, the other one was gotten rid of, too. So you didn't you didn't want the peaceful movement that Dr. King stood for. And you didn't want the radical movement that Malcolm X stood for. You didn't want the peaceful movement that Colin Kaepernick stood for. And you didn't want the violent movement that's going on right now. So what exactly are we supposed to do? Just sit here on our hands repeatedly and let this keep happening. And now we're at, what, like a four or five year cycle? We're just going to go through this every four or five years? Look, man, honestly, you took the conversation exactly where I was going to go because I was going to ask you for your thoughts on what I consider a misappropriation of MLK's words, a misappropriation, a convenient cookie cutter, uh, you know, memeing of, uh, you know, of what he actually stood for and what actually you know, was, you know, was, was the tone and the tenor of, you know, during his life. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to quickly just read some, you know, the, an excerpt from his letter from Birmingham. And I'm reading this specifically for those folks that like to throw those, you know, throw out the, hey, Dr. King wouldn't do that. And, you know, you know, this, you know there's another way. I want to read to you just quickly. So from Dr. King, his letter from Birmingham jail. First, I must confess that over the last few years, I've been gravely disappointed in the white moderate. I have almost reached the regrettable conclusion that the Negro's great stumbling block in the stride towards freedom is not the white citizens counselor or the Ku Klux Klan, you know, or anything of that nature, but the white moderate who has devoted more to you know, devoted to order than than justice. Excuse me. I want to say that right. Devoted more to order than justice, who prefers negative peace, which is the absence of tension to positive peace, which is the presence of justice, who constantly says, I agree with you in the goal you seek, but I can't agree with your methods or of direct action, who, to, who paternalistically feels he can set the timetable for another man's freedom, who lives by the myth of time and who constantly advises the Negro to wait until a more convenient season. The reason why I wanted to read that is, is for the exact reason that you, you know, that you just laid out. This is not, you know, there is no timetable. This is not, you know, this is not your struggle. This is not, you know, and when I say your, I'm speaking generally. This is our struggle. This is something that we've been dealing with forever, 
from the dawn of time at your of our time in this country and obviously in particular over the last 60 to 70 years so like it's offensive to me it's absolutely offensive to me when people when people post that stuff or will dm me those things or will share that stuff to me you know, I, I i absolutely can't stand it well people again doctor you know martin luther king has been whitewashed like people want to be on the right side of history it's the thing that i insist is going to happen with colin kaepernick mm-hmm. colin kaepernick is 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 going to be referenced one day in the same breath as muhammad ali it's impossible for people to see that right now and they'll tell you that's insane you're an idiot he disrespected this and he mm-hmm. disrespected that. And but what you're forgetting is all of those wonder he didn't do it like Muhammad Ali did it. Oh, you're gonna act like Muhammad Ali wasn't the most hated individual in all of America for like a solid ten years? Yeah. You you, you know what I mean? Like we we when we realize, oh crap, man, we were on the wrong side of history here. How can we reshape this? When you have the ability to reshape history, which you know you and I don't have the ability to do. And I think you know what I mean when I say that. We don't have the ability to reshape history, but there's a group of people that do. And that's what they did with Martin Luther King. That's what they did with Muhammad Ali. And ultimately, that's what they're going to do with Colin Kaepernick. Unfortunately, there doesn't seem to be anybody else there who can step up. And, you know, we're, I was listening to Don Lemon last night. Mm. And Don Lemon is like, who's, who's going to step up? Like, who's going to speak? And he's calling out, you know, he's calling out, essentially, he's calling out Black Hollywood. And he's saying, Beyonce said something. Like, why can't Oprah? How come Oprah hasn't said something? How come this person hasn't said something? And he's, you know, he's saying names. And mm-hmm. it's like, like okay. And, and, you know, I'm thinking all of this time, like, ooh, sure seems like it would be the president's job to step up and say something. Hello. And he did. He sure did say something because, <laughs> remember, he said when the looting starts, starts the shooting starts. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh. Dog whistle. Okay. So now we're in a situation where uh, the leader of the free world comes forward and says, oh, this 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 protest here, which is led predominantly by minorities or as uh, you know, as as the term is going to be for the next six months or seven months or whatever, liberals, (laughs) then, well, we can go ahead and address it a certain way. But when there were people in the very same state that all of this started in the in the very same city in which all of this started, there were. Uh, a more conservative group mm-hmm. outside of the Capitol with AR-15s. And I saw dudes walking around subways with bazookas. And when I say yeah. subways, I don't mean the underground train. I'm talking about like the subway sandwich shop. They went in to get their ham and cheese and they got a bazooka on their back and they're getting served like it's no big deal. Well, what's the difference between these two groups? I mean, you we... and I both know that. And Donald Trump tends to uh, praise one and threaten to murder the other wonder why that is we know and there, but but the but, but the point the point in what i was uh, what i was trying to get at is now we're we have to look back to past leadership right now we have to look to well we have to look for barack obama's leadership and i love president obama but the truth is he he doesn't have leadership right now he he, he is a a figurehead leader similar to what beyonce is a figurehead leader but there is no true leader to step forward and say hey this is how we're going to get through this. I remember, remember how risky it was. Remember how controversial it was that President Obama actually made a statement about Trayvon Martin? Yes. Remember yeah. how, like, think about that. A teenager was murdered by a civilian who was trying to play a police officer. And it was controversial that the president of the United States had that spoke about it. D- Damien, 
we 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 ha- we know what this is. We don't have to mince words about it. I know that you're not, but I'm saying as, as the, the, the general conversation, we don't have to mince words about this anymore. I recognize, that, you know, and I'm speaking you know, obviously to the listeners. I recognize that these are difficult discussions, but it doesn't matter. The, I'd rather a difficult conversation where you feel uncomfortable than watching more of you know more folks get killed. It, yeah. it, it point blank period. Um, and and you know it's funny to your point about calling, you know, calling on Beyonce and things of that nature. Dick Vitale, everybody knows that name. If you listen to this show, you know that name. You know, college, you know, college sports, you know, broadcaster, analyst, all of that good stuff, right? Well, this morning, he tweeted out, we need another MLK, but it was in response to the uprisings, which, in my opinion, is essentially asking for a wrangler to get these crazed black folks in line. Rather than focusing on the actual atrocities that are causing people of all backgrounds to appropriately be outraged, I, to be honest with you, that's part of the problem to me. Yeah, no, I mean, I completely agree. And it's, you know, it's, it's you know, you know, going back to Don Lemon's remarks, it's we're always looking for, we're always looking for, like, like we're always looking for that person to kind of step in and, and, and do what you just said, be the wrangler. And I feel like that's what Don Lemon was saying last mm-hmm. night, whether he was referencing Beyonce. And I think, like, man, okay. You know, when we do that, we put ourselves in a position to be let down because remember, it wasn't that long ago that one of those, you know, I'm going to steal your word. One of those guys who would be a wrangler seemed to have betrayed us. Remember, Jay-Z sat Mm. next to Roger Goodell and said, you know, we're past kneeling. And I couldn't help but sit back and look at, you know, I look at that video of George Floyd over and over and over again, and I see the response to it. And one of the first things I thought about was. So this is this is what we're past kneeling looks like. like you, you know, I don't, I don't know that Jay Z was aware of the consequence of his words. Like, this is what you suggested. We're past. We are past this. I don't know if he's tweeted since then. I don't know if he has spoken since all of this happened. I haven't heard a word from him. But we're constantly looking. You know, it's one of the, it's it's. You know, it's the frustrating thing about not having. Whether it's President Obama or anybody else, it's one of the frustrating things about not having that leadership is we've constantly looked to people who shouldn't have to be leaders. It's the criticism for Michael Jordan. Like I, I actually, I'm, I'm probably one of the few people who respect Michael Jordan for saying, I'm not an activist. It's yeah. not something I was passionate about. I was passionate about basketball. That's who I was. But I think President Obama said it in the last dance where he said, you know, th- there's a point where like once you get to a certain level of success as a black individual, you you've you've got to be careful not to be too black because you're alienate the white people. And if you're not black enough, you're going to frustrate the black people. And, you know, we've got to look to guys like LeBron James. Why should I have to look to LeBron James to be a leader? He's a basketball player. Like, why can't I look to the people that I put in office? Like, why can't I look to them? Why can't I look to the people who are supposed to handle situations like this? Why can't I look to people who are supposed to keep us safe from whether it's police brutality or it's global pandemics? Why can't I look to them? Why do I have to look to a singer? Why do I have to look to a basketball player? And now I've got to look to now we hear this thing. Well, we need more white athletes to stand up. Now I got to look to what Zach Ertz. <laughs> now, now I got to look to, to Tom Brady or Peyton Manning to say something like, no, man, they're. And, and I and I get the, you know, I, I, I get the underlying point of like, hey, show people that you care, right? But I don't want them to lead me. I'm Tom Brady's not going to lead me. I don't want LeBron James to lead me. I can agree with what LeBron James says. I could agree with what Steve, Steve Kerr says. 
but I don't want them to lead me. That's not, the, that's not what they do. Let them be basketball players. Let them use their voice to help lift the movement up. But they shouldn't have to lead the movement. And that's the, I think that's something you and I have talked about before, whether I, that is probably in our private conversations about the, you know, kind of the plight of the black athlete where you can't just be a great athlete because in times like this, you have to be essentially a civil rights leader. You have to be the greatest basketball player that's ever lived. And you have to be Martin Luther King. And in times like this, you've all also got to be Malcolm X. Yeah. And you've got to be all of them into one right now. So that you don't, you know, and basically so that you don't upset any, either side. Because if you go too far or if you put too much, you know, a, a drop too far, too much of, of one of those in, somebody's going to be upset. Well, see, it's it, impossible. And that's, it, like, right, it is literally an impossible situation. But that's the great thing about, you know, and, and that's the level of success that President Obama was talking about. Because once you get to that certain level, like LeBron is at that level, and there are very, very few, which is kind of the problem, is LeBron is at that level. Kobe was at that level. Um, you know, as we're talking about athletes, you go to entertainers. Beyonce is at that level. Like, if Beyonce wasn't at the level she was at, she couldn't have put out Lemonade. Of course. Yeah. Like, Lemonade was a, was, was a strong, militant album. Mm-hmm. That was a, you know, excuse me, beep, that was a fuck you, I am what I am album. Yeah, that's exactly but Beyonce was at the level she could do it. LeBron James is at the level where he, could, he can tweet, he can talk, and if he offends white people, then too damn bad. He's big enough to be able to do that. But there aren't very many, so they don't have to, they don't have to play that, uh, you know, good people on both sides type of line. They can take their stand, and they can be, you know, they can be forceful with it. But there are only a couple. There are only a couple of people who are on that level. And I think that, you know, again, to reference the Michael Jordan point, that was the f- people's frustration with Michael Jordan was, black, I should say that was black people's frustration with Michael Jordan because he was on that level, but he wouldn't take a stand either way. Yeah, so the people felt, you know, people felt like, hey, look, you're not using your platform. The, the right. last I'll say about that, and, and you know we're in agreement when it comes to athletes or, or entertainers in general, is I always find it funny that we get people like, you know, and, and I, I do think they mean well when they say it, but we get people saying, oh, man, we need Obama to speak on this. And I actually went back and forth with a guy uh, that I believe he, you know, he was a law professional you know, yesterday. It was just a quick little exchange where he was calling for Obama. And I was like, hey, look, he's done his time. He was a two-term president and a three-term senator, you know, before that. Um, but I always do find it interesting. Why are we not calling it specifically? And I know that you, you, you let in by saying, you know, former presidents don't have power. But if there is such a thing as a former president having power and influence, why aren't we asking Bill Clinton and George Bush to speak out against this violence? And, you know, and the reason why I say that is the people that need to change, the people that we need to, you know, to, to, to meet us at this place in history, they don't give a damn about what Obama said. They were mad at that man for wearing a brown suit. They don't care. Yeah. So, like, while maybe they're not going to listen to George Bush and Bill Clinton, I feel like they'd be a lot more likely to listen to those Southern white males if they were the ones that were le- you know, that were leading that charge. Again, they don't need to lead us, and I, I agree with you in terms of you know what you know where our leadership should co- you know, should come from. But if, if we're actually trying to you know, to get through to folks, I just feel I just think it's always funny that we that we're looking for Obama to do it rather than folks that are in that are within the dominant group. Well, you know why we're looking for Obama. I mean, yeah, yeah. That's Uh it's. You know what? I'd 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 love to see more than anything. uh, I, you know, you talk about George Bush speaking on this issue. Like, I'd love to see George Bush come out and condemn his political party. Yes. You know, for their side. You know, you talk about a powerful movement that or or a powerful statement that would get 
people's attention. You just don't come out and, and, and condemn the guy who was sitting in the White House. You condemn your whole party. Wait, Damien. That? Damien, what That's about this? powerful. What about this? It's never going to happen because of what I'm just about to say. He does it on the Republican side and Clinton does it on the on the Democrat side because both, both yeah. are responsible for this. Yeah. It's never going to happen. There you go. But that would be, that would be wonderful. There's no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner, Bet Online. NASCAR is back, and Bet Online has hundreds of other games, events, and sports to get in on. You can still bet on simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC events 24-7. Or you can participate in a $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge, a March Madness-style NFL simulation tournament you can enter for free. And live right now on BetOnline's YouTube channel, you'll find an exclusive interview with ex-Chicago Bulls Ron Harper, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, and Craig Hodges to discuss the Michael Jordan documentary on what they're calling the final dance. Visit BetOnline.ag and use promo code... Promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus and check out all the action. Bet online, your online wagering solution. Let me ask. No, it would be. Let me ask you this: Did you see the video of that, you know, older Caucasian man in? Um, and I only specify because obviously it's important to this topic, uh, you know, mm-hmm. for the listeners. Um, that was, I believe, it was in Salt Lake, but he was aiming his bow and arrow at the crowd, threatening yeah. to shoot folks, and he winds up yeah. just getting mollywopped, you know, as I you did. know should be expected given the current situation. I'm not saying it's right, but I'm saying it should be expected. But then he had the nerve to get up on CNN line and specifically stated that he got attacked by two black guys in particular. When the video's footage shows no blacks, not that that I saw, in a mass of folks that actually dusted him up. I mentioned this in particular, and, I'm, and I definitely want, you know, want to hear your opinion on it, but I mentioned this in particular because this is exactly the type of misinformation and dishonesty that has always led to brutality and even deaths of minorities throughout the years. Yeah. These days, the stuff is on tape and folks still openly lie about, about how it actually goes down. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, a perfect tie into that is the Central Park Karen. Yeah. Right? How many times in that you know, what was it, 60 some odd second video? Did, did, did that woman, I think, I think her name was Amy Cooper, how many times did she say, There's a, I'm, I'm going to call the police and I'm going to tell them mm-hmm. an African-American male is threatening me. Yeah. She gets on the phone. She says, African-American. Oh, there's this African-American. He's, he's threatening me. And when she realizes her, her, it's not working, like she gets like hysterics, mm-hmm. like she gets panicked. And it's, 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 it's meant to, you know, whether she was actually fearing for something or not is irrelevant. The fact that as a white woman, she was able to create this, uh, this feeling of fear was enough mm-hmm. to get her sympathy from white people. It was enough to get her sympathy from other Karens and Chads and just people in general where they can look at this and go, oh, like I, you know, again, social media, dangerous place. You find things like, we don't know what type of day this woman was having. We don't know uh, what her experiences with the black community were. And, and even when you have stuff on tape, people will try to justify. Exactly. It's, it's always a, yeah, but, it, you know, uh, uh, George Floyd now. How many, how many times have you, you know, seen videos popping up now of, 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 of white people with, you know, they're, they're doing it as a joke where they're putting their knee on, on, onto their, their buddy's yeah. neck and they're posting, you know, with the thumbs up I've, picture. I've seen it. I've seen it's it. a joke to them. <laughs> right. It's a you, you you have essentially what is a snuff film. Yeah. 
And we have multiple of them. We've got guys getting shot in the back. You know, it, it goes back to what your point was 20 minutes ago, 30 minutes ago when we started this conversation. We thought because we had cell phones now, we have receipts yeah. that we can pull and say, hey, look at this. And now we get the, hey, look at this. And they look at it and they go, yeah, I don't yeah but... <laughs> Well, there's probably a reason he was shot in the back 17 times. Let's look into this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and then you've got district attorneys. You know, we're we're no better. Our district attorney is, uh, you know, we've we've had cops shoot. You know, shoot. We've had we we had two cops. We had cops run over a mentally ill person. Yeah. With like a targeted, let's go get that mf'er or run that mf'er over. We got it on tape, Jabari. Yeah. And she still refused to bring charges against him. Our district attorney here in Sacramento mm. has never once brought charges against the cop who has murdered or hurt a civilian in this city. And I can tell you uncomfortably that is starting to happen with a little bit too much regularity here. Look, I, and, and you know, I want to be clear, and I hate to even have to make this point, but I'm going to make it because there will be some that listen to this conversation and say, oh, these, okay, these guys, they're just... You know, complaining, they want to be anti-cop, they want to be anti-white. That's obviously not the case, or at least it should be painstakingly obvious. This is just simply a conversation that we want to eliminate racism and inequity. That is all. Literally, that's all that we know we're asking for. So just again, to be clear, you know... This is important because, you know, the the whole conversation with, you know, uh, you know, kind of circling back to the misinformation and like, even though we have the receipts, this is important because beyond placing innocent folks in danger, you know, like the, the tactic, it specifically increases the sentiment of blindly committing acts of violence against minorities, like in the situation from a few weeks ago with Ahmad Arbery, which feels like it was 10 years ago. It was literally just three weeks ago where he was stalked and murdered in cold blood, supposedly because folks were concerned about him being in, in their neighborhood. Lies and, inform- and misinformation that only emboldens and gaslight the folks that are already looking to lash out to begin with. So that, you know, I, I just wanted to make that point because that's why it's, it, it's so important to me. And it's good that you brought up Aubrey because he can't be ignored in like what, you know, where this, where George Floyd is now. Because we're still, you know, you're still kind of reeling from that video, which was, yeah. again, that was, that was murder. If you want to frame what the officers did as as them being poor police officers, if you want to frame that if you want to frame that in a different way, then you know more power to you. The result is still the same. George Floyd is dead, but there's no way you can reframe what happened to Aubrey. That was cold blooded murder, and the fact that we're still kind of you know sitting from that and suffering from that, and then this George Floyd video pops up, it's it's kind of it it's it's why you and I are talking and it's why our country right now, especially major cities across the country, that's why we're in the shape that we're in. No, it, it exactly is. You know what? I just want to take a quick second because obviously we are all going through this. And as you mentioned, you know, 10 minutes ago or 15 minutes ago, we still are dealing with a global pandemic at the same time. Literally, it's sitting there, Rona is sitting there with the Birdman hands like, oh, yeah, OK, OK, they're not paying attention to me. So at this time, I specifically want to mention one of our listeners and one and, and, and a guy from Twitter. And it's it's at Miss, uh, you know, M Schindler NBA. And the reason why I mentioned him is because he took the time to reach out to me and DM me and say, essentially, I can't say that I know what you're you're fully going through, and I'm paraphrasing um, because it was more eloquent than this. I can't say that I know what you're going through, but I want you to know I'm here for you. I care about you, and I'm here for you. 
just taking that second, I'm not going to lie to you, while no, it doesn't, you know, eliminate all of the feelings that I'm having and it doesn't erase all of the things that we are currently discussing and will need to discuss, you know, moving forward for, you know, from here to probably the end of our you know, personal lives. But it does help, man. Like, it, it, it does. It, it, it really does help. And I'm going to I'm going to just come out and say it. We need your act at your advocacy. We need your love. We need your actual care and concern and we need your empathy because like it, 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 we, we have to be real about this. If nothing else, you're understanding. Yes. Say you understand and, 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 and don't say it like take the time to actually understand. Yes. Because, I mean, look, at the end of the day, you know, we can have these conversations till we're blue in the face. We can say all the right things and present, present all of the information and beg and plead with these folks. And we can do all the peaceful protesting and all of that. But if folks don't understand and don't want to understand and truly, you know, like, you know, uh, you know be empathetic with the, you know, with the injustices and, and the inequity that others are enduring, then none of this stuff is going to change. But in, in, in Jabbar, and you know what, Jabari, therein lies the problem. We have. Yeah. Everything you just said about peaceful protests and we could talk to each other till we're blue in the face. We've done all that. Oh, yeah. This, yeah. Is, this isn't new. With this, you, you know, I've, I, I made the, uh, the relation, you know, back to 1968 when there was you know, that, I, that was the year that Dr. King got shot. That was the year that Richard Nixon ran a, you know, the, mm. the famous law and order presidency. Well, who mimicked that? Who went straight to the 1968 playbook to run his campaign and who is run? Here, here's something that people should really be afraid of. When you're a president. The first three years that you're in office. Mm-hmm. Your biggest concern is your next four. Like it is to build towards your reelection because the only thing more embarrassing, I don't think it's embarrassing for a political candidate to lose a presidential election. Like, a, like you're running for the first time or you're even you're running for the second time and you lose. It's like, OK, you got beat out. Maybe your campaign wasn't strong enough. There are plenty of places that you can place that blame. But the absolute most embarrassing thing for a president is to be a one term president. Mm-hmm. And Donald Trump's entire presidency has been built to the moment that we are living in right now as we're gearing up for that election in November. So think about that. He has been working to make sure that he gets another four years. The day after the election, when he knows he's got four more years Mm -hmm. and he doesn't have to give one single solitary fuck about what happens for the next four years. What do you think the country is going to be like then? If we think that we have a militarized police force now, just wait. Oh, my gosh. This, this administration will be completely unhinged. And I don't even want to, I, I, I didn't want to, you know, even go, you know, like, go, hey, go vote this. But let's just be real and have this honest conversation. That is such an excellent point that you just made because you're right. He's been operating with the fear of having to be reelected. Once that goes down, oh, my goodness. Yeah. It, think about the Okay, so think about this. Like, so much has happened over the last three, four years that... It would take, like, uh, you know, the joke has been made on Twitter, but it's real. It's going to take forever to get through the the 2020 chapter in history books. You know what I'm saying? Let let alone the last four years. But the reason why I say that is this man, with that in mind, was pushing the wall, (laughs) banned Muslim countries, hit us with shithole countries. Like, think about all the different things. So if he was doing that then... It will be scary after the fact. Yep, indeed. Anyway, yeah, indeed. You know, it's crazy that we have this conversation. You know, and as we, as we kind of you know bring it you know bring it to a close, it's, it's crazy. This is the 99 year anniversary of the Black Wall Street 
aka Tulsa mm-hmm. uh, massacre. Mm-hmm. For anybody that's not aware of those, you know, of that situation, please do your googles because it's good information. It's it, but I, you know, I, I mentioned that just because it's it's almost ironic that that you know that it's, it's a ninety nine year anniversary of it. Yeah, and you t- you <laughs> you talk about people not knowing enough of their history. Mm-hmm. Go back and read about that. Yeah, that's a. That's a that's a jarring story to read. It really is. Damien, look, we could discuss this forever. And I think, mm-hmm. but, but, you know, but I do think the overall tone and message that at least I was trying to get across with this conversation was that, you know, we can hope, you know, we can only hope that this is a straw that finally breaks the, you know, the camel's proverbial back, uh, you know, in order to, you know, kind of, in, you know, no, in order to inspire some actual change, you know, some true change. But, you know, do, do you want to leave the, you know, the folks with any specific message? Yeah, I don't I, I, I know Joe Biden doesn't feel like the most uh, uh, prominent candidate. He doesn't feel like the uh, best option for us in November. But I guarantee you he is absolutely the only option that we have. And if you didn't go vote in 2016, whether you weren't old enough or you just weren't interested in either of the political candidates, you've got to get out there and vote, man, because there are serious, very, very serious ramifications if this dude gets back in office and I, you know, I don't mean to lean so hard politically, man, but it, you, I mean, we just have to understand the very dangerous hands that we are in right now. Yeah. And you know, th- th- there's going to be some listeners. I'm not going to lie to you. There's going to be some listeners that just really hate this conversation. There's going to be listeners that, you know, you know, potentially, you know, misunderstand, you know, the message or, you know, the, you know, take it personally and say like, Oh, like they're just this, you know what I'm saying? I just want to reiterate: we're only asking for folks to to accept to be accepted as equal. We're not asking for more. We're not asking for you know more than what you have or any you know quote unquote additional rights. That's all we're looking for. Yeah, same rights you got. Yep. So for the listeners out there, again, you know, we really appreciate you know each of you that have taken the time to listen to this very difficult conversation. You know, there's no there's no good segue. Josh and I will be back discussing the return of the NBA and 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 Spielberg films on the next episode. Uh, but it was definitely important to dedicate you know an hour you know or so you know to such a monumental time in you know not just U.S. but you know world history. Yeah, man, I appreciate you having me. I I, I dropped two pretty aggressive f bombs, man. So no, no, I, don't even sweat it. Don't even sweat it. They, those <laughs> listeners are used to me. You know, you know the, the, the both of us, Josh and I, saying things of that nature. So that's okay. Yeah, man, this was, but uh, I'm glad we got to talk, man. This, this was good. And um, hopefully, you know, sometimes you just, you just hope people like listen and hear you out uh, and walk away, you know, or hopefully people walk in with an open mind and just hear something that maybe they're not used to hearing. Even if you don't agree, perspective is important sometimes. Yep. Y'all listen to me. Y'all listen to me each week, twice a week. You know who I am. You know exactly what I'm about. These are my people. This is me that this is happening to. For our guest today, Damian Barling, once again of DamianBarling.com or at Damian Barling on Twitter. For my co-host and friend, Josh Everly, who you can find at on Twitter at Josh Everly. Thanks for listening to Dunks and Discourse.